Hey everybody, this is Doug Drescher from Asbury Park Vibes. Before we start the next podcast with Sammy K, it's important to know two things. First, uh, during the uh, interview, we talked about uh, mental health, depression, addiction, recovery, uh, and lots of real serious stuff. And that's, that's not something you want to listen to or you want your kids to hear. Uh, you may want to skip this episode. You completely understand. There's almost a hundred other podcasts here at Asbury Park Vibes that you might be interested in, but if you don't want to hear some serious stuff, you know, check out something else. Secondly, halfway through, uh, we had a little technical glitch and Sammy's mic kind of cut out. So the second half of the interview is his voice through the computer, and we did our best to clean it up and make it listenable. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoy it. It's one of my favorite interviews uh, so far. Anyway, without further ado, Sammy K. So did you end up with stitches or anything, or what happened? So I got crushed. Oh, uh, me and my boss got both got cut up pretty good. Uh, I got 19 stitches. There's the tendon got cut. Like, it went... What did you get crushed in? Is this like a bad TV show trick or something? No, we thought it was a good idea to move a 600-pound commercial smoker up a flight of stairs. I I would imagine it wasn't. It was not. <laughs> uh, my boss got like 20 stitches on three gashes, and I got about 20 stitches, and uh, I, uh, yeah. Well, at least, I mean, you could have lost your whole hand. Then, then what do you do? How do you explain that to people come out to see you play? You got a spork. Welcome to the Asbury Park Vibes podcast. Asbury Park Vibes is dedicated to sharing information about the live music scene in the Asbury Park area, as well as the bands who've traveled through. We thank you for tuning in, downloading, or just stumbling upon our podcast.
Hey, everybody, this is Doug Drescher for Asbury Park Vibes. I'm very excited about having uh, really sort of like the embodiment of Asbury Park music in so many different ways. Um, he, he's not an Asbury Parkian at the moment. Apparently, he's, uh, he's on punishment in Ohio, but eventually he'll come back and visit us. Hey, Sammy K., welcome to our podcast. Thank you for What's coming out. What's happening, man? What's it's, happening? It, it's good to see you bright eyed. Yeah. And, uh, I, I literally, I just woke up. I'm having my first cup of coffee. Well, the hour difference, it's like nine in the morning in Ohio, right? In Cincinnati. Yeah. It's like 16 hours earlier. Yeah. It's, it has um, the city recovered from its loss in the Super Bowl, or man. You know? It was, so I got here in December. Um, <clears throat> I was in Raleigh for a little bit. I left California, uh, like the tail end of the summer. And, um, I got here and it was like, they were making jokes like maybe the Bengals will do all right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the Bengals started doing all right. Uh, right and, up until uh, the moment when they lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was like sad. I sent a text to my boss. I was like, yo, six minutes, like six minutes till we're flipping cars. Yeah. And uh, he replied back six and a half minutes later. That last text didn't age well. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It was a. I got to tell you, I'm not a huge football fan, but it was fun watching the playoffs. If if you watch football, yeah, you know, the, it was fun to the end of the games. Um, the the cool thing, it's happened a couple times in sports where like, not the underdog, but like, like when the Eagles won, like, mm-hmm. like I'm not a big football guy. I'm a hockey guy. I watch hockey all the time. Uh, just about every day that there's a hockey game, I watch it. Um, but uh. I'm like a football, like tail end of the season and playoffs guy. Yeah. When it gets interesting. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I work in a, like a, a little rock and roll pub bar venue out here. And, um, and they, uh, they never had a TV in the fucking bar and they put one in before the first playoff game. They were like, you know what? This shit hasn't happened in years. Like, let's go. So it's been really cool. Uh, and, most of the people I work with are born and raised Cincy mm-hmm. and they just like, and it's like, like going back to the Eagles, like when the Eagles were winning, like it was fucking bonkers. It's exciting. You know? And people use that as a good excuse to act crazy. And as long yeah, as you we don't get arrested, fun. it's fun, right? <laughs> uh, my new life motto is let's just do hood rat shit. <laughs> That's it. Like, you know, so is is that like a healthy version of anarchy where you could still wake up the next day and go to work no i mean <laughs> my definition of hood rat shit is standing around a kitchen or a bar at work just shouting the word fuck like i'm from new jersey like yeah. it's a noun it's an adjective it's a verb it's, it's whatever you want it to be you yeah know? that's funny yeah no it's uh you know we just it's 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 been super fun out here uh with 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 everything going on so how's the music scene in in cincinnati is are, are you performing out there or are you sort of staying under the radar and thinking about what you want to do next uh i'm i was in writing mode um i started writing a record in september and i wrote a record and i said i don't want to put out this record um and then i kind of put down my guitar for a couple weeks and i picked it up when i got here and uh i ended up writing there's like 14 songs right now and then I have like another notepad full of, I write in couplets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, one-liners, right? Like, and I'll, 
I'll think of something and I'll write it down and then I'll go when it's time to like, I try to, I try to sit every day and write a little bit. Um, so you go back to the idea and see if you yeah. can expand on that. Like right now, like I got one that I've been working on. Uh, we were talking about um, the football game and uh, I turned to a friend of mine and said, yo, that's the difference between a night in the tank and seeing the judge by dawn. And I was like, fuck, that's a song. That's a perfect line right there, right? That's like, yo, like it's the difference between a night in the tank and seeing the judge by dawn. Or uh, I wrote one the other day that's going to 100% be on the next record. I was hanging out with uh, some friends in Nashville over New Year's Eve and, and my buddy turned to my other buddy and said, you look like you were born on the back of a Greyhound bus. And I just shouted, yeah, with a fucking pack of smokes in your hand. Yep. You there know? it is. Like, there you go. I that's was born a whole, on the back a whole of a Greyhound album. bus, a <laughs> pack of smokes in my right hand. Like, done. There's a song. Sure. You know? But I've noticed in listening to – I, I know earlier before we started recording, we were talking about that you played in, a, 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 I guess, a fairly popular ska band. The funny thing is, is I know you more of, like, the stand-up acoustic, you yeah. know, like – son of wood of uh, woody guthrie's nephew kind of yeah. thing you know bumped yeah. into bruce springsteen and brian fallon and tom waits along the way and then found yourself yeah. but i i so, find there's these themes in your songs uh and in so many ways it seems like you've sort of lived your life that way there's you know there, there's these themes of empty streets searching you know, you're you're searching for something has that been yeah. why you've lived in a few different places or you've had so many different experiences? What is it? What is it that you're looking for? If, if you could put it in words, uh, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Um, so, somebody already honest. wrote that song. So we have somebody to already fucking wrote that song. Um, so, but, but is it the unsettled feeling that it's like, it's just time to move on. Is there something more specific for you? Um, there's this is like a super loaded question um i write a lot for searching like so i knew real young i had um fuck it let's just talk about it i knew real young i had severe mental health issues mm -hmm. and i knew real young i'm talking like 11 years old that i had fucking addiction issues like off the bat Mm -hmm. Like I was a pack a day or by 12. Mm -hmm. um, and we were, you know, it was North Jersey. I grew up in Morris County. Um, mm -hmm. It was like right when the opioid, opioid epidemic was happening. And sure. like, I was hanging out with kids that were like, it was like a lone little punk kid. And uh, the, the only other punks were like four years older than me, mm -hmm. a couple years older than me. So they were already drinking and I was, we were like skateboarding around drinking and, and hanging out. So, uh, the songs that I started writing when I was really young, I started writing like maybe 17 and it was, you know, for lack of a better phrase, it was born to run. I was looking for some way to get out of where I was from. Mm -hmm. And about then I started going on tour and I was working for bands and, um, and, uh, as I started touring, working for bands and playing in bands. I, I was in this band called the fourth rights. Um, and then that band broke up and I played in a band real briefly called the shifters that were based in DC. Uh, these are all ska and reggae bands. Uh, and I, I ended up joining the pie tasters, which is a DC 
ska band that's been around for 30 years. And, sure. Um, I did, and I was working for the, that band Slackers and a bunch of other bands too. Like I knew, like I started really writing about salvation, like around 20, like the concept of salvation and, and, and a better way. Cause I knew that I was going to fucking die. Like at the end of the day, like something was going to fucking kill me. Were, were you already sort of neck deep in that culture of in, well, like the, the oxycodone, the, Oh, the I was beyond that. Like yeah. the first time I kicked heroin, I was like 16 years old. Okay. Um, and it's sad that in, in North Jersey that it would be that accessible that a 16-year-old yeah. could find it. I mean, let's be real here. It's white suburbia, um, and we were going to parties in, like, rich neighborhoods, and we just go to the fucking bathroom and open up the cabinet, and, like, there everybody would have a bottle of Percocets or Oxys just sitting there, right? And that was that was a fix. Did your parents have any sense of what was going on or were they sort of mired no, in their own issues? To be honest with you, my, my, my parents were fucking clueless yeah. until I went to rehab. They knew I was, um, phone is blowing up right now. They knew I was, uh, having fun. Um, especially like on, on tour, like I went on tour real young, like, mm-hmm. um, the first time I hit California, I was like, not even a full season to being 18. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that they just, you know, I, I just kind of kept to myself and, and, you know, I, I, I figured it out. Um, did you have to go to them to say that you needed some assistance or did they have their epiphany that something wasn't clicking right for you? No, um, I, I'm I'm actually pretty estranged from my parents. Uh, okay. It's been that way for a long time. Uh, I talk to my dad every once in a while, and my mom will call like every like we'll get on the phone every six months maybe. Um, uh, this is a fucking real interview, dog. Uh, I, we could talk about anything you want. You know, no, you're good. Uh, you got a there's uh, a fascinating background, and when you hear your songs, you're you, you know you're. Your songs aren't Pop Pablum. There's a life in every one of your songs. There's characters in your songs. And yeah. I'm always curious as to now, where that now, came from. Now I write strictly in character form. Uh-huh. Um, so we did Four Street Singers. That was the first rock and roll record with Pete from the Souls at Little Eden. And the first half of that record, I knew I needed to sober up. Mm-hmm. And then I... All right, let's just have fucking real talk. And then I fucking attempted suicide six times in 10 days. Wow. And just kept failing, like intentional overdose, like hanging, like every fucking which way. Like I sat on a train track for an hour waiting for a fucking train to come. Uh, And then I pretty much went to rehab. And and the fucked up part about it, like I was on tour working for a band and I was like dipping out every night. Like, what the fuck can I do to not go home? Yeah. Um, And and I love those dudes to death. And I'm, I'm... I'm still fucking sorry I put them through that shit. But, uh, but I mean, to be honest, they were fucking clueless too. Um, yeah, but the, kinda... the, the story of a young kid, um, it's almost like, it's almost like a weight on your shoulders that you're also creative, right? Like, how old were you when you knew that you were seeing 
and thinking about the world differently that you that you were creative that you that you wanted to sing how old were you when you knew that you needed to be on stage to say something uh it never was on stage um uh so i my father is was a graphic designer um my aunt's a fairly popular actress on broadway and in television um and uh um she was on that show 30 rock and 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 really kimmy schmidt uh yeah uh that's why i go by k i didn't want to use the family name because somebody already used it okay right i wanted to do things on my own um we'd never know that about you <laughs> yeah no like literally nobody like most people don't know that k is not my last name okay um uh some people know it a bunch of people know it uh I was hanging out with my buddy last night, Todd, who plays guitar. He's, he just refers to me as Sammy Kazakhstan because he doesn't know how to say <laughs> yes. last name. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and it's like a long Polish like last name that just it's not easy to say. Um, there's a bunch of silent silent consonants and weird vowels in it. Like it just doesn't doesn't make sense. But um, I knew I I always knew I had the creative side. Um, I pretty much live in my father's genes. Like we're like you put him at 32, I'm, thir- I'm 32. You put him and me next to each other, spitting image. Yeah. Uh, even if you put him and me next to each other now, like we play Telecasters, we like Gibson acoustic guitars. Like, sure. you know, we, 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 we both, you know, worship folks like Joe Strummer and, and the clash and, and, uh, and, and have this underlying love for music. Um, so you, I, you inherited that from him, even yeah, just genetically, uh, if not overtly. A hundred percent genetically, I inherited rock and roll from my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, I inherited bad teeth from him as well, <laughs> uh, but luckily we we don't have receding hairlines. Okay, um, we're good with that. Um, I, you know what? I would take more cavities if someone said I could have more hair. Oh, I would definitely. I would. Fam- <laughs> Everybody in my family has fake teeth. They hit 35. They pull them all out. Yeah. Fakes. But the just, hair thing is a little, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Um, so being from North Jersey, um, make sure my phone's good. Um, being sure, being from North Jersey, um, my dad worked really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at Kraft Nabisco for a long time and, and he and worked that was, his way up. That was huge in North Jersey too. Yeah. I mean, that's why we're in Morris County. Uh, yep. he, we lived in the town he grew up in, in Parsippany. Sure. Off of route 46. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. We were, we were in this little, it's actually ocean Grove's sister town. Mm-hmm. This little town called Mount Tabor. They would switch winters and summers. Right. It's like another Methodist community. All the streets are named the same. Right. Um, uh, he would work real hard and we'd do the Benny thing and go down the shore for a week. And uh, I knew music was important to me. I was maybe six, right? He'd take us to the boardwalk every night. We'd meet, I have two brothers. We'd, uh, we'd each get, my little brother was real young. Then. He, didn't, he wasn't coming with us. Me and my older brother would get like $4. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was $3 to play video games if you wanted to get an orange swirl from course <laughs> and it was $5 if you didn't want ice cream. Okay. And he had this, this is my favorite fucking childhood memory. He had this Suzuki samurai, like a Jeep 
mm-hmm. no top, no doors. Sure. With the briefcase cassette player. Right. And um, that summer, like 96, I believe, I think it was six. Um, he got a copy of Rance's and out come the wolves. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said before, my dad's, my dad's a punk, right? He, he was a punk in 77, 78, 79. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he, and we'd listen to that record that cassette in the car and like vividly, like I was six, five or six. My brother was seven or eight. Right. Um, we were singing along to time bomb mm-hmm. and Ruby Soho. And it was just like, like things went off. And then a couple years later we discovered punk. And like that summer we were listening to like, like the impression that I get, uh, let's face it by the Boston's came out. Like that cassette was in the car a sure. lot. And, uh, um, my old man's the kind of guy he'll pull into the driveway when I was a kid coming home from work and he'd sit there and listen to the song and let you, it finish. You have to respect the song to finish. Yeah. You can't, and you can't cut it in was, the middle. Like when like that Amy Winehouse record came out, it was like every day we'd hear like tears dry on their own, like just black and we're, we're, we're idiots. We, we don't wear earplugs. We're no. going deaf <laughs> and we, we like loud music. So, it, he would have like he was driving in like a, a little convertible, like a four door convertible, top down, blasting like Lauren Hill's that thing, right? The neighbors must have loved you guys when you yeah. got home. And like he had a band um, growing up, like he had this band that he was in that played like at the Court Tavern. And like, what was the name of his band? He was in a band called Cathode Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, back in the day, in, I mean, like, I, mean I must have seen about four thousand bands at the Court Tavern because yeah, I grew up right? around there. Yeah, um, he uh, he, uh, and then back in the day, he was in like a punk band called the Gangbusters. In like, I think it was eighty and eighty one. So, did he have a chance to play at CBGB's before they closed up? I think he did. I've actually never asked him, but I I think he did. Oof. That's great lineage, though. So, so you have all these punk influences. When does when does Sammy K appear? Where he adopts, for lack of any graceful way to say it, what most would call the Jersey sound. You know, when, um, if there is a Jersey sound, we called what we were doing like blue eyed soul when we were playing reggae music. Um, um, and there were glimmers of like South side in that. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of glimmers of South side. I was listening to a lot of South side then, but the, like the heartland, New Jersey, like the, the rock and roll thing. It's always been there. I've always loved it. I've always pushed for it. Uh, but it, I was like 24 four when i said like fuck it i want to make this record sure what is the connection it's interesting i mean we you can't avoid talking about central jersey asbury park music without talking about springsteen what is this weird connection between central jersey and this idea of like the heartland blue collar work a day ethic that is so much part of say the, the springsteen sound and and also part of the the music that you're singing about, you know, you're you're singing about these men and women who are struggling. You know, they're always 
a day sh- a day late or five thousand yeah. dollars short you know there's a, it's always raining it, it seems like in all of your songs it just finished raining somewhere in the i song. like that i never thought about that what is that like going what is it about my head like yeah these are like yeah okay I'll, I'll i'll take that yeah no i mean it, it, it's it's got there's a certain sort of uh noir dark film thing uh but the but the characters in your song are they're always good people for the most part. They're just down on their luck. But where does that theme come from that connects us from Central Jersey to like the idea of Springsteen walking in the in the Midwest with his cowboy hat? Because <laughs> if there's anyone farther away from being a cowboy, I think it'd be Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, Springsteen is definitely not a cowboy. <laughs> um, so my thing with the concept of working class is that. Um, They're the people, and granted, my, my old man was a corporate guy. Um, a lot of my friends' folks were um, um, blue-collar. And, and for lack of a better word, like, I'm a blue-collar guy. I don't build shit, but everything I do, I like, I'm, 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 I work in a kitchen, and I work at a little quiet coffee shop, and, and, and play guitar, and, and everything I do is dependent on my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, my thing that I tend to write about and the thing that echoes in my head about that is I look at the soles of people's shoes Mm -hmm. Um, and I tend to not get along with people with nice, nice clean shoes. We don't see eye to eye, (laughs) Um, but um, I'm trying to not sound like judgmental here. Um, the, my infatuation with characters and songs, it tends to, I said it earlier, it tends to focus on salvation, right? Mm -hmm. And you brought it up earlier too, like looking for something, right? We're all looking for something whether it's a way out or a way to survive or a way to get clean or a way to get over something or even a way to run. Right. And within that concept of salvation. um, I mean, there's a price to pay for that. Yeah. And there's work to be done. Yeah. Like I'm going to aid you like, like, these days um and like i have to do work to stay sober and to, to stay straight and like i have to work is, to keep is, my mental health in check and, and do like, you have to keep is it like i i guess along those lines this covid lock for, for a guy who needs to keep his hands busy right like yeah. you, you if if i had you in my classroom when i was a teacher i would make sure that you had crayons and things to play with. Cause I would imagine that when your hands are not busy, all hell is going to break loose near you. And, and the kid next to you is going to get blamed. How did, so, how did you get through two years of lockdown and even worse? How do you survive the Trump presidency when everything looks so damn bleak for such a long time? Um, the Trump presidency was looking for, uh, it fucking goes back to salvation. Like something is going to happen and things are going to change. Mm-hmm. Right. 
um, they were rough, uh, for sure. Um, I was in um, Edmonton on election night at a no effects show. We had an off day and no effects was playing and we went and hung out and it was the fucking weirdest night of my life. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like I had to apologize to the people I was with. I, I on election night, the day after the election, I took pictures of, uh, a band called skinny lister that was touring through yeah. England. And I just felt the need to apologize to them for mm-hmm. American politics. <laughs> um, me, this guy, Ben, sir, who plays in a great band called worst days down. He's an expat. He's from, uh, like the twin cities, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was like three other expats, right? Um, guys from the States that lived, moved to Canada. Um, I'm sorry, Ben was born in Canada. He grew up in Minneapolis and then he went back. Then he went back. Um, we bought rounds for the bar as, <laughs> as a full on apology. We were at this place called the Buckingham in, in Edmonton, which is like, so the old lanes, right? There's old lanes everywhere across the country. Sure. And and I work in one now. It's called Northside Yacht Club here in Cincinnati. Um, and they're just they're little hideouts. Three links in Dallas, the Buck in 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 um, Calgary, Lana Luz in Vancouver, right? They're all these little cool, wild, weirdo bars, right? Mm-hmm. Um. The buck is like, like imagine walking in the lanes and like on election night, and everyone's just like, "What the fuck?" You know. <laughs> um, but lockdown, lockdown was weird. Um, we'll talk about this. I'm okay with talking about this. I was married at the time, and okay. I, I wasn't. Um, we did Civil War. I got married, uh, and, um. Civil War, um, the last two records I made, they were essentially swan songs. Um, swan songs to to what are you? They were what like, what are you writing about that you're saying goodbye to? Every record I make, I've made, um, <clears throat> I tend to write uh, like a thank you. Um, whether it's in my perspective or somebody else's perspective. Uh, so like, um, Fourth Street and ended on Mary, um, which is like a very salvation based song. Just talks about salvation and redemption the whole time. Um, untitled, the keyhole record ends. The last thing you hear on the record is I believe in you. If you believe in me, right. Thank mm-hmm. you for being here. And then, um, <clears throat> Civil War, we were done with Civil War completely and I was on tour and I wrote a song that was, um, it was too good not to put on it and too good to put in a notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, or in Swirls. Um, and that's like kind of a love letter to New Jersey and really a thank you to Asbury Park um, and the Jersey Shore because that's, really where I, I mean, I left, the, I left New Jersey a bunch of times. I lived in California twice. I was in Texas for a minute. I was, I was, I was in Ohio and North Carolina now, North Carolina and Ohio now. I was in New York city for a couple of years. Um, Jen Hampton puts it best. She's like, right after I sobered up, we had this 
we had a great like, three-hour conversation in the office blaze and she's like you just kind of disappear and you come back and we see you grow up and then you're here for a minute and then you have to go and then you come back and things happened in mm-hmm. both good and bad ways and you grew and you kept growing right and like um so orange swirls is kind of based off of that conversation it always resonated with me um you know it's falling in love with the coast and 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 um the tag in it uh because uh, the only thing we fear is being alone and that feeling that we just don't know right that's the um so so do you it's almost like you come back to jersey to report in that you're doing okay yeah you stay a little while and then I, I get a sense that there's that tickle in your throat that says it's time to go out and have more experiences away from Jersey and meet yeah. new characters and have new experiences. But I think in the back of your head, the sense I get is you know you're going you're gonna to come back through town again at some point. Listen, the only thing I can really compare New Jersey to, and it's fucked up to say, it's heroin, right? <laughs> you fucking shoot heroin the first time, and there's nothing like that for them. Sure. And it's always in the back of your head. And the thing about New Jersey is it's there. And it's changing. Like, don't get me wrong. Asbury Park, I was over, over in town over the summer, and I'll be there this weekend. It's a different beast than it was when I left. Sure. And I left in uh, the summer of 19. Um, I was on tour a lot. But I, I really moved, I left for California in the summer of 19. Um, and just coming back, like, that quarantine, like, you know, like, Joe's not there anymore. Like, Hope Fast isn't there anymore, you know? And, and Casey's down the block, and she's doing great at Rebel Supply. And, and, and um, you know, Russo's always going to be there. That's, like, Mecca. And, 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 you know, Bond Street got big. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I was in Bond Street since they did the renovation, you know? And, uh, the, and, but the, honestly, the thing I miss, I haven't been back there, though at some point I'll end up back there, is I do miss the old Asbury Lanes. There was a, it was sort of a, a friendship of misfits that all sort of fit together. My kids were welcome there. Saw some amazing bands there. And and the only thing I can compare to, to that now is um, I feel very, very welcome at The Saint, and it's almost like the Saint has picked up a little bit of the slack yeah. of a band doing its first national tour. They need a small place where 20 people makes it look packed. Yeah. They make enough money for gas and tolls, and then they move on. So um, the thing about the lanes, and uh, I fucking – I talk about this a lot in therapy, right? Glory days, right? Like. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to go to therapy by the way, people. It's fucking great. Talk to people, take care of your shit, make sure. it cool, like, fucking roll with it, and fucking live. Um, sorry. No, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I've been I through it. I, I take my medicine every day that, that keeps me well-balanced. Yeah. You know, if you, if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody around you, right? Exactly. Um, and uh, too many people are fucking dying right now. Sure. Um, 
so the lanes, the lanes wasn't just four walls to me. I mean, it was four walls and it is still the same four walls, but the lanes was a feeling, right? Like we're going to go back to Springsteen here, right? Show a little faith. There's magic in the night. You ain't mm-hmm. a beauty, but yeah, you're all right. Like that's the lanes, right? Um, we can even dive deeper, right? You know, there's this little cafe where we can sit and play guitar all day. Like, that's the links, right? Like, mm-hmm. fuck that feeling. I did this today, and I'm fucking not ashamed to say it. I listened to Thunder Road for an hour and a half on repeat. It's like, a great tune. Ten different versions. I fucking love that song, and it comes and goes with me. And when it hits, it hits. And I was listening to Hammersmith. Um, and it fucking hit. And I just literally sat there for the most part, the Hammersmith version on repeat. And then I flipped to the Warren Roses version, the Warner and B sides, right? The lanes is that feeling that you first hear, you know, like screen door slams, Mary, you know, Mary's dress waves, right? Like, what the fuck is this, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, um, and even deeper into like Asbury Park, right? Like, being a kid and seeing the souls for the first time, that fucking feeling, right? I put that record on just to hear a song, right? Like, boom, like you're fucking in, right? That fucking feeling when the souls open up and it, like, you know, private radio plays, any of those songs, or even like Brian Fallon and the Gaslights and, and the Gaslight Anthem, you know, seeing them as kids and, 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 and like that first time they like headlined the pony inside you know like right as 59 was coming out like fuck like that moment right those feelings that you have right that's that fucking same feeling that the lanes is it's just it's also like when the music that you like like that that labors to finally get seen and its head comes above the waters it's also validating that you know you feel good you're like yeah i was there when six people were watching this guy play yeah, and, and as he be, as as these bands become more popular, you sort of feel connected to them. That like, hey, I wasn't on the ground floor, dude. The amount of bands that from the tri no, not even the tri theater from the East Coast mm-hmm. that pass through the lanes every three months, and every three months those shows got a little better, right? Like I just saw I was in Raleigh for like four months. I caught the Menzingers. And sure. I hadn't seen them on, like, not since they played, like, Bayside at Starland maybe four years ago. Like, that's the last time I saw them. And, like, they're fucking rock stars. Like, yeah. not like in the pretentious, we're going to smash guitars. Like, no, but they've they, become a national touring act. People know their names. They became a national touring act, a national headlining touring act. And it was the fucking best show I've seen in, like, a minute. Like COVID aside, like sure, it's sure. just like, and seeing this band that we saw play at the lanes to nobody on punk night, like with Mike mm-hmm. Yerg and like, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, whoever, right. Like these, you know, the New Brunswick scene bands and, and to go and play like Cat's Cradles, like, I think it holds about a grand thousand people. It's about the size of the pony, like maybe a little bigger than the pony. Um, it was just fucking bonkers to see these kids. You know, now they're adults, like these guys that we were just hanging out with, like just 
fucking dominate a room and and get a thousand twelve hundred people just like sure. fucking screaming back at them. It's the fucking coolest thing. And the lanes was the place to do that. They were the fucking. It was the farm league. league. It was double A's, right? Yeah. And 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 that's with no disrespect. That's where we went to go. And so many bands. You know, the weird thing about the lanes and the weird thing about Asbury Park that I haven't seen anywhere else in this country. Bands, most bands only did well in one of those rooms. Right? Like, bands like, like I saw the Man Saders a lot at the same. Sure. And that was kind of their spot to play. And granted, I saw them at the lanes and, and a, a like I've seen them at the Pony and and or Battery Electric, right? Like they were like Lane's band, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 the weird thing about Asbury Park is that, like in my eyes, I see some some bands fucking kill it, songwriters, musicians, whatever, whether it's rock and roll or dudes with acoustic guitars, right? Like certain rooms, it's their room, right? Um, but the Lanes, the magic of the Lanes is that really any band. It was their room. Well, it was small. It was. It, it didn't look like you'd worry about getting on stage. It was always fun to make sure you didn't get hit with anything falling off the ceiling, right? Yeah. Um, I took photographs. I don't remember if it was six or seven years ago. It was their first gig down in South Jersey. Uh, the band was called Pine Grove. Yeah. They're fucking they, huge now. They sold out Irving Plaza three nights in a row. And they added another show at one of the other New York venues. Mm-hmm. And when I saw them, nobody knew who they were. And yeah. Jen Hampton, Jen was funny. She's like, you know, this band has something. I, I hope they can keep it together. Uh, there's other bands that I've seen that pass through the lanes. lanes. One of my one of the bands that my, my kids really loved. I'm, I'm a touch older than you, Sammy. So I yeah, used to right. bring my kids out to these gigs all the time. Uh, my kids loved when we would pass the line and just get the photo pass and bring my kids mm-hmm. in as guests. Uh, Modern Baseball was a great band, yeah. sold out two nights at Irving Plaza, and then imploded. And then the the part of the band reformed to do Slaughter Beach Dog, but yeah. they're they're not as big as when I we went to see uh, Modern Baseball. They they sold out Irving Plaza. It was packed. Yeah. And and we saw them when nobody knew who they were. It was I caught, the front bottoms yeah. or, or another band? Another like that. another fucking crucial band in the big scheme of Asbury Park is the front bottoms. And I feel like I don't know. I like so like it's really the like front bottoms is really just the two guys, right? Um, I feel like the songs at the front bottoms are right. I'm like. Listen, my thing, I don't give a fuck what your band sounds like. Mm-hmm. I don't care, right? I'm a words guy. I'm a pictures guy, right? That's my thing. Like, I think Kendrick Lamar is a fucking genius. He's a talented fella. The pictures he paints, and I think guys like Greg Barnett and Tom May from the Menzinger, like, yo, they can set up a fucking, like, Scorsese film like an epic Scorsese film in the first three lines of a song. Well, Sammy, I got to tell you, I'm going to put you in that same 
in that same group. Your I'll, songs I'll, are right, like I'll these, take it. They're um, they're like these black and white movies of people. They're little snippets. And and as much as there's the Springsteen sound, I equate your storytelling more akin to Tom Waits. That you, you have these characters and they're yeah. imminently flawed. One of my favorite Tom Waits songs. I think it's only a minute and a half long. He says. Uh, uh, whatever the guy's name uh, got himself a Mickey's big mouth and a gallon of gas and burned down his house. And yeah. the last line he says, uh, I never could stand that dog. I mean, th- those are the stories. It's just this, yeah. there's something underneath the, the, the fake sheen of Americana. And, and, th- and that's where your characters all live. Yeah. So I primarily write about these days. I write about four characters. And and who are these characters? There's a veteran, um, uh, for lack of a better word, a broken veteran, right? It mm-hmm. kind of paints the picture of how I feel America is. We send kids off to war and they come back fucked up. Mm-hmm. So there's this character, um, this veteran. Um, uh, there's a sex worker, a prostitute, right? A hooker, whatever you want to fucking call him, right? Um, mm-hmm. that wants to get out and fucking like go straight, right? Sure. There's um, an addict that I write about a lot. Same thing. Same like wanting a better life, wanting to 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 change. And there's a homeless man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like civil war primarily with the exception of one, two songs on Civil War. So there's eight songs, not including those two, is all about those characters intertwining, right? So like Silver Dollar, uh, the sounds of engine roar in the parking lot next door where a man walks in for a pack of smoke. That's a veteran, mm-hmm. right? But that veteran walked by the homeless guy. So they don't, it's, 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 it's much like that sort of Shakespearean, construct where the characters don't know each other but they all exist within their own little universe yeah and they and may they, inter- they may meet each other once in a while yeah and like cecilia sweet cecilia is uh the sex worker meeting the soldier it's their mm-hmm. conversation right um there's a bartender too that comes in a little bit you know i refer to him as a bartender right um the third person in the room that overhears it right so is cecilia, that you like the verses are a conversation between A and B, but the chorus is what the guy serving them drinks at the bars think, right? Yeah, but but then the million dollar question, uh, because essentially that becomes like the Greek chorus. Is that where you, as the author, are standing? You're you're taking this in and and putting it into some sort of form, or you don't feel that you've in, you don't put yourself in there. So here's my deal. Um, I wrote. So Love Letters is very autobiographical, right? The first record. Fourth Street, I wrote about me wanting to sober up and like a relationship ending and then trying to figure out who the fuck I was after sobering up. Like I sobered up in the middle of making that record. Mm -hmm. Went to rehab, did the whole nine. Um, And Untitled was... I called the angry record in my head um, because I was kind of just mad at everything. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't know where I stood. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. Right. Like I constantly struggle with this concept and I've been struggling with it a lot lately is, am I going on tour and playing music and writing songs because I want to, or is it because it's kind of all I know how to do? Right. Mm -hmm. It's this big fucking struggle. And that's why like, I'll be like, I'll do things like, or things will happen in my life. Like when I got married, I was like, you know what? I'm going to fucking slow down. I'm not going to go on the road. Like I took a straight job. Like, and then when we split, I was like, well, the only thing I really know how to do is get in a van and, and write songs and, and sing songs. And so it's this thing. But so after Untitled, I realized that I didn't want to fucking write about me anymore. Mm-hmm. Because like, it's not that that shit is hard to remember or um, relive. Yeah. I just got tired of reliving like, 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 I'll be fucking brutally honest. Like there's songs on fourth street that was literally like, there's a song in there that was my fucking suicide note. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? To fucking get over this. Cause I'm a fucking maniac. I'm going to put it to music. Right. Stay a while is literally what I wrote down. I was like, all right, cool. This is it. Like, I'm good. I'm done. Like, I'm, I, I think I lived a good life. Um, and like, like, there's very few songs I won't play. Like I'm very open. Like you want to, like you guys spent 10, eight to 10, eight, to $15 to see me play music. If it's me and a guitar, I'll play whatever the fuck you want to hear. And I'll play for hours. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and there's very few songs. That I'm like, I'm not going to play that song. Like that's like, there's, and there's it's, just because it's too raw, right? Yeah. It's kind of too raw. It's, it's just shit that I don't want to fucking think about. Um, or it's like, like, I, um, like, I refuse to write love songs. And why is that? Because I don't. the fact that everybody else does it. <laughs> no, I mean, like, like the, the only love song that I, I feel like I've actually written is the song Love Letters. It's on Untitled and it's on the first record. And everybody thinks it's about a girl and, and like life and falling in love. It's about a fucking guitar, right? <laughs> uh, Marianne, I referenced this character, Mar- this name, Marianne. It's, it's, it's what I named my bass guitar when I was in this band called The Fourth Right. I got like my first American P bass. I'm like, fuck yeah, her name's Marianne. <laughs> Carved it in the back of the body and like I threw a black flag sticker on the headstock and I'm like, I'm good to go, right? Um, sure. But yeah, I, I, I don't like to write. I really don't like to write about people I know or like direct, like direct conversations. But, like, but the sense I get is if you were sitting in the diner and there was an interesting conversation going on in the next table, you would want to sit quietly and, and just pick up the bits and pieces. Cause that's going to be the next kind of tune that you're going to write. Um, not exactly word for word. But no, that, no. The I'll tell you this that that's up, the inspiration. Man. You're hearing straight these up. stories. Straight up. My friend Vic, right? He sings in the Slackers. Vic told me, I moved in with Vic when I was like 17. I moved to New Brunswick. He had like a, a, a punk house essentially on Townsend Street. Uh, and I was just sort of starting to dive into writing songs. And I was playing the band I was in his, was based at Bushwick, Brooklyn, Williamsburg, right? And he was like, yo, whenever you're on the train, put your headphones in and keep the music off. Yeah. Because you never know what's going to be said. 
and he's like, yo, like, and he gave me a list of songs that they wrote that were like direct, like conversations overheard, right? Um, so to this day, if I'm on the subway and I have headphones in, no music. They're just, no. they're just well, so there's, people there's the title of your next album, Sammy. It's going to be Conversations Overheard. Yeah. So like, um, <laughs> I brought up earlier really the, uh, the, you know, she, it's the difference between a night in the tank or seeing the, mm-hmm. seeing the judge, judge by morning. Like, like that's like, that was in like, we're just cracking jokes at the bar and it was said, it was like, Oh, this is too good. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my one-liners couplets are from things over, over, over. Yeah. That's, it's, you gotta be open yeah. to taking that seed and making it. Hey, yeah. let me switch gears for a second. Yeah. How much do you miss John Prine? Um, I, my friend Chelsea, uh, this year was the first year I was supposed to come to Jersey for Christmas. It was the first time I was going to come back for a long time. And, uh, the bar I work at had a COVID outbreak. And Oof. like, I don't know how I haven't gotten it yet, but I still haven't gotten it. Um, and uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, and she, I was like, "Yeah, it's weird. This is like the first Christmas, like no parents, no, no you know, no presents, no family, no like turkey dinner." And uh, she sent me a John Prine bandana for Christmas and coffee, right? A key to my heart: cookies, coffee, and, and John Prine. Sure. Um, but I, uh, I during quarantine, I paid friend this guy that i really like the singer songwriter out of nashville i would take guitar lessons from him strictly to learn how to play like john prine sure sure. um i and such a such an amazing talent and it never looked like he was working hard at it too it just never he never it was it was like guy never broke a sweat yeah it's (laughs) like you know it, it, it it was as simple to him as brushing your teeth yeah and you know uh I've been hanging in Nashville a bunch and, and I've, 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 I've made a bunch of buds in Nashville that um, all were, most of them were grateful enough to, and lucky enough to open up for John Prime. Oh, that must've been amazing. So I'd getting, imagine he must've been real nice to the musicians around him. Oh my. I mean, I couldn't see him being an asshole. He seems like such a regular guy. So I have three goals in life. Okay. In music, right? I wanted to travel and, and go everywhere. Write songs and, and, and be able to live like a nomadic lifestyle without spending money. Right? Like at the end of the day, like that's really why I tour is because I, I'm, I'm not meant to be locked in somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the second goal was to open up for John Prime. And the third goal was to play Newport Folk Festival. Okay. And I made this weird thing when I was like 23. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. This is what I want to do. And in my head, I wanted to go into that Americana folk, heartland rock, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Thing, sure. Right. Um, I tend to refer to everything I do as rock and roll. It's just, mm-hmm. it's what it is. It's, 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 whether you're playing real quiet or, you know, with the boys banging and, and making, making loud music, you know? 
but um, I think what the world needs right now is a John Prine record. Um, and it's fucking heartbreaking that won't happen. But the glory of John Prine is John Prine was so good to so many now famous, but like up and coming Nashville guys that there's this mm-hmm. whole, and I'm not just talking about like the Jason Isabels, like that level. Like there's like a whole crew of just these fucking phenomenal songwriters right now that are playing, you know, 500 and under cap venues and even smaller, like, you know, 50, 100, 150 cap venues that like, they're just, it's just fucking rad, right? Like there's this dude, Trey Bird. I got to play with him on New Year's Day uh, and he's on Oh Boy on Prime's label. And like, that dude is writing songs. Like Sweet Misery is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And like I, I got to play last night uh, here in Ohio. It was in Kentucky, just over the river, um, uh, with Langhorn Slim and like Strawberry Mansion is just a perfect record of just these quick. They're all pretty short songs, similar to John Prine. I feel like John Prine didn't really write long songs. Um, they're not long. They're also not particularly complicated to play. No, it's like. There's the it's Willie Nelson the statement, words. right? Three chords in the truth. Like, that's all right. John Pine was doing. Um, and honestly, like, that's all, like, right? Like, I fucking love Springsteen. Mm-hmm. I love the arrangements. I love the band. I love everything about it, right? But the thing that I love about Springsteen, the thing that I really love about Springsteen is Nebraska. Sure. Right? It's a very um it's a complex record the playing on it a lot of the finger picking and and it's complex it's not easy to do but it's about the songs right john prine like john prine is a hell of a guitar player right but the thing that makes john prine john prine isn't no, you don't player. listen to his records and say, wow, what a great guitar player. You listen no, you to his listen records to and you daydream about the characters. Like You're almost like, wow, I know or I have met most of the people he's sung about at some point. Or yeah, it's, and it's the wit, the wit of John Prine. Being able to talk about serious topics with like, you know, you got songs like Sam Stone. It's like talking about. Well, that's right up the alley the of. It doesn't say it overtly, but it's essentially a Vietnam veteran yeah. comes home with a heroin addiction. Yeah, right. right? And, and, and it's this super serious song, like, you know, and um, it's, you know, and the influence John Prine has, right, kind of across the board, like, um, like you see it in all these people, right, like, Casey Musgraves, right? Like I told you, I don't give a fuck what the band sounds like. I'm about the songs, right? Sure. Um, um, Brothers Hooked on Mary Jane. What's what's that song? Uh, Mama's Hooked on Mary Kay. Uh, (laughs) Dad is Hooked on Mary Down the Block, right? Right? That's like a straight John Prine. That's something that would come out of his mouth, right? Sure. No, I could hear that. Um, Right? Like, and 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 like 
Oh man, like he was just such a prolific influence to fucking so many people. And and from what I know and what I see, and I'm fucking obsessive about things. Mm-hmm. Like I went on a fucking Tom Waits quick call the other day and I fucking studied and researched for hours downtown train. The story who played on it, where they came from, like it's half a hall of notes on that record. Mm-hmm. Um and then the whole Rod Stewart and 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 uh, Bob Seger feud over the covers in the late eighties, like whole nine, <laughs> like I fucking went down this rabbit hole. Um and just everything like just watching interviews of prime right because he did a lot of like storyteller shows and they're all over youtube right yeah i think youtube is fantastic because he he you could find lots of great and i love his studio albums but his live albums and the musicians who perform with him are world class yeah stunningly talented people yeah and and he always took up and comers to open he gave that's a, a fuck that's about the right thing to do. That's the gave wonderful a fuck thing about to do. the future, um, which I feel you know, like the touring music industry is weird, right? Like most support tours you get, you only get if you have the same manager or the same agent or somebody owes somebody a favor. Sure, right? And yeah, you get like we were lucky enough to get that Gaslight tour via Pete. Pete sent Brian a record and, and Brian called me and was like, yo, like, we want to take you on tour. Your record's great. Um, but going up, and I'm not far up the ladder, right? I'm, I'm still just a kid, mm-hmm. right? I'm a fucking child in the sense of touring. I've been out, I've paid my dues, like, and I've caught some breaks and we've gotten to really cool things. Um, it's just so weird to try and grow because a lot of management and, and, and it's kind of like all about it's not always about the music you know it's about and and i feel like john prime and springsteen did it too like uh and and you know um the foo fighters i've seen so many cool bands get foo fighter kills because mm-hmm. fucking Dave Grohl likes their band, right? Like, it's 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 it, you know. Have you have you had a ch- have you had a chance to meet any of these people, or especially Bruce Springsteen? I met Bruce Springsteen in passing in Asbury Park once. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in the same room with him a bunch of times. Um, I'm not the kind of guy to run up and be like holy shit like the only person I've ever run up and been like holy shit you're you is Bill Murray <laughs> and we were like I can see that we were drinking at Niagara and he was there and I was like Bill Murray we're fucking drinking <laughs> you know like um, and I've gotten to meet a lot of cool people and I've gotten to meet a lot of my heroes and have That's conversations amazing. with them um, and 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 my buddy Todd was in town last night. So since I hurt my hand, I like called him up. I was like, yo, I called him up. I was in the ER. I was like, yo, like, I don't know if I can play the show. Can you come up? He's in Nashville. Um, he does a lot of studio work for me and he toured with us. He had some, ki- he, had, he had two kids. So now he's, he's not really road dog anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Todd came up and I made Todd play the song called Pawn Shops, right? Um, and uh, the line in that song, uh, um, when all uh, the hardest part when all your heroes playing bands is finding out all your heroes live in bands, right? <laughs> um, it's the whole song is about you know selling a guitar to buy your friends drinks at the bar mm-hmm. to say I'm sorry like for you know <clears throat> being away or being like I, I use this term really like a fair weather friend like I'm the fucking worst like that's 300 and something unread text like <laughs> life is weird life has been really weird life has been really busy I'm like trying to focus on some things and I'm, I'm just fucking letting go of other things right um um like i don't there's things that i've had the opportunity to do music wise right and even seeing bands like i refuse to see the replacements do the reunion i fucking love the replacements i have left of the dial tattooed across my neck like that's one of my bands they changed my life they everything about them um you're not interested in seeing the uh the replacements version two, trying to make money. No, I, and it, I mean, granted, I love that Westerberg wrote on his shirt every night a different letter, and at the end of the tour, it spelled out like "Sorry for whoring out my childhood" or whatever it was. <laughs> um, I just wanted to remember them as this raucous band that played mm-hmm. that show in Chicago, where one by one every member quit, and the roadies were playing the songs by the end of the night. That's funny. That's who the replacements are. To me. Mm-hmm. And looking back. Like, I, I wish I went. I do. But I wanted to see one of those nights where Westerberg blew out his back and laid on a couch the whole night. Being Paul Westerberg, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't know, man. Like, so I would love, you, wh- I would absolutely love to sit down with Bruce Springsteen. I would love to sit down with Paul Westerberg. I would love to sit down with Eddie Vedder. I would love to sit down with, with, um, I'm not hearing Bob Dylan's name here. Are you just not a big Dylan fan because of all the love songs? No, I'm a I'm a weird Dylan fan. How so? Um, I'm a weird Dylan fan in the sense that I'm not educated. I I listen to a lot of Dylan records, and I. I love the way he writes. I love the way he plays. I love the way he sings. I love everything about what he does. But it it, it just doesn't ring something for you. I mean, it's it's perfectly fine. Kind of going back to the working class thing, right? Like it's that blue collar, like, and I, I relate to so much of what Dylan says, especially on those first like four or five records. Sure. And the stuff you do with the band is just so prolific, right? And and blood on the tracks, like fuck, right? Right. Um, and then I get lost. Well, I think for many years he may have been lost as well. Yeah. And it's the same way, like, and I'll admit this, like, like, yo, like post born in the USA, Springsteen, like mm-hmm. Tunnel of Love, like all that, the nineties stuff, Tom Joad, I don't get it. Yeah. It doesn't hit me back until the rise. Um, okay. I just, well, there, I, I guess maybe walk. there was more of a purpose for his singing 
on that album especially right yeah um and like don't get me wrong like ghost tom joe is such a phenomenal song mm-hmm. right and and there's tracks on tunnel of love and, and and like i'll wait for you if you wait for me you know um like all those they're jams it just it doesn't hit me like that first note of badlands hits me mm-hmm. right like it just comes guns blazing right and then even like up to the rising like like dude when the fucking organ is ripping down right in uh my city in ruins right like that is like fuck you know well that song i think just the etymology of that song originally written for um that was that was written more along the lines for uh, Atlantic City, right? Or is that an Asbury Park song that I, I believe it became it's an more Asbury of Park a? Song. But then after nine eleven, that that sort of became the anthem. His version of that night that night uh, that they did the nine eleven tribute songs. That's Chills. probably the best live version of anything he's ever done. It was absolutely stunning. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna say this again. I'm a Hammersmith dude. I think okay. that live at the Hammersmith Odeon and I think it was 77 is the greatest moment in rock and roll. Okay. Um, from the story with like, is, is England ready for Bruce Springsteen on the marquee to him being <laughs> pissed to like the tenacity and the fucking aggression in his voice and just everything about it. And just, but that is definitely like, top three Springsteen live moments. Sure. Um, so tell me about, um, I find it interesting that you're in a ska band to begin with, but tell me about this uh, ska mom show at house of independence on April 16th and, and, yeah. and what we're going to see. Cause we want to, I think it's already sold out, but you never, yeah, it's already sold out, sure. which okay. is fucking awesome. And I'm so it is. And that's a great venue. The sound system yeah. is fantastic. And they have clean bathrooms. That's, that's what the, I, as I've in my late fifties, a good sound system and a clean bathroom. I'm the happiest yeah. man in the venue. Um, and and it's like you know, it's it's definitely. I don't know. I, I, I like House a lot. I really do. I think House of Independence is one of the best venues in the country. Sure. Um, so tell me there, about the show. How did it come together? Or, or what are you guys trying to do? What's going to so happen? I wasn't on the bill. The bill got announced. Awful Waffle is going to do the reunion. Hubsy Stompers and Catbite, who I I love all of them dearly. I grew up going to see Awful Waffle and, and playing shows with them. And 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 um, I texted Josh. Um, I was like coming out of the hospital, the doctor's office, the hand specialist, and he was like, "I saw the flyer and I called one of the dudes, Travis from Hubsy Stompers, and I played with them for a little bit too." Um, and I was like, yo, like, what's going on? I want to play this. Um, mm-hmm. Leslie, um, Ska Mom, um, I met Shannon and Ska Mom when I was really young. I was like maybe 12 years old. Um, my older brother was starting really in, into Ska, and, and I started going to shows with him. I might have been 11, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, it was I was in sixth grade. Um, and we would go to places like Moonfield Avenue, Hamilton Street, and Shannon and Leslie were always there and always the biggest hearts. And, and um, um, 
I saw that it was happening and I was like, like, A, let's get the band back together. Let's get the boys back. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I toured with Catfight, Ben, uh, Chris and Timmy were, were, the band was called the Fast Four, Sam Can the Fast Four. We traveled, Timmy was with me for, Timmy and Ben were with me for a long time, four or five years. We traveled the States and Europe, and Chris was with, with us for, for a long stretch of shows, too. I, like, texted the boys. I was like, yo, I'm going to text Josh, like, if I can do this. Do you guys want to play stock? And we do it every couple years. Um, there's a thing in Virginia called Supernova Scott Festival. Um, and Tim and April, they just, they run it, and they're sweet, and they just... Um, I don't necessarily want to play scott and really do the reunion as much anymore we've done them a couple times over the last couple years and and, but you can't pass up on this combo in this venue yeah i i it it, venue aside wherever it was like i Mm -hmm. wanted to be a part of it because like shit man like i feel like leslie and shannon have seen me play more times than anybody else Mm mm-hmm they were at the first shows. They were at the big shows. They were at the little shows. They were at shows where it was just them there. And um, and down to, like, you know, being kids and going to, like, Peter Pank Diner after Starland shows. The <laughs> Peter Pank. And and going to the soda pop shop on, on Bloomfield Ave or Golden River, that shitty Chinese place up the block from Bloomfield Ave Cafe or eating pizza on Hamilton Street in, in, in Downbrook with them. Yeah. Um, and like going back to the Birchill, like going to see shows at the Birchill and, and, and Stingrays and you know they were they are very important people to me. And, sure. and I, I, I I I I I mean I fucking strong on my way on the show. Like I'm not gonna lie. It's like I wanna do this. I wanna do this, like I'm gonna do this. Okay. Um because I don't know. Now, do you have to drag gear up uh, from Ohio, or do you have some no. stuff stashed here in uh, in New Jersey? Uh, I gave uh, Lance uh, Cashman um, has a bunch of my guitars, and uh, Declan Howlett from Beauty has a bunch of my guitars. So, I I uh, I, I travel around light. They have like all my guitars and my amps. Someone's gonna um, have to cough up a Telecaster for you. Yeah, um, so I actually, um, when we do the ska stuff, I kind of stop playing guitar. It's just like, let me just sing. Okay. And it's super fun, and it's the only time I get to do that and just kind of be a front man. Um, and it's mainly because I haven't played ska in so long that I forgot how to play it. <laughs> um, my my wrists just don't move that no, way No, it may be a young man's music, right? Uh, will we have a? Are we going to have a full horn section as well? No. So I always so. Man, touring is tough. Sure. And a two to three hundred dollar guarantee. Split eight ways after gas and expenses, like. No horn section there. No horn. <laughs> we we always were like uh, the kind of music I really love, Jamaican wise, right? Ska, reggae, rock city. I was like a rock city and early reggae guy, and it was all. For the most part, piano and organ driven. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of their take on on Motown and 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 and, and soul music, American soul music, and New Orleans blue and and just 
so the records I loved and the records that I wanted it to sound like when we were doing that were these these records and um they were all piano and organ driven so it's it's um I'm actually still um it's all of cat like playing so Brittany who I love dearly the singer cat bite is going to play piano and she's never played with us before and I'm fucking stoked mm-hmm. um and uh it's going to be really fun I'm 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 really uh I'm looking forward to it. It's yeah. it's 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 a night of happy music. And mm-hmm. you know, if you flip on the news for more than ten minutes, you know we need a night of happy music. Yeah. Um I I, I threw out my TV. It's in the trash can. <laughs> well, John Prine John yet. Prine told you to do that. Blow up your TV and throw Blow out your newspaper. Your yeah. Um <laughs> yeah, So I, Sammy, if if you were able to sort of tunnel back and, and see yourself at, as an 11 year old, what, what would you tell yourself now to sort of prep that person for what's about to happen? Um, fuck, that's a loaded question. Um, I, uh, I mean, there's some experiences that have made you who you are that I'd imagine you, you admit you have to have to, to, to find some equilibrium as you get older. But what do, you, what do you tell yourself? What do you warn yourself, your 11-year-old self? Because truthfully, dude, if you don't write a book at some point about your life, the world is missing out. You've got a story to tell, and it's a fantastic Man, I've, story. I've written like four books about my life already. It's time. you got to publish. You know. it's, there's, a, there's, there's a book in there. But what would you I, tell yourself? I tried to write for a long time. I have journals from tour, like Henry Wallace did, like little paragraphs mm-hmm. about every day for like a good 600 shows. And then I was just like, I'm, 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 I can't keep up with this. Um, <laughs> but what I would tell myself, man, honestly, that it's okay to ask for help. Mm-hmm. And it's something I, I, I honestly still struggle with now. Like I, uh, you know, I, I, I want to do everything myself and, and, and I want to um, just in all facets of life, like um, just even like, like, like in the last couple of weeks, like I needed to go to the grocery store and I couldn't fucking do it. You know, like, uh, like I don't have a car and like there's no food here. And I was just like, fuck, what do I do? Like you gotta ask for help. Like when you need it. And, and like genuinely ask for help, whether it's with something stupid like a lift to work or 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 um, mental health or you know I, there's some things that would change in my life if I could mm-hmm. but it's kind of very few um, like to be honest with you like I needed to be a junkie. I needed to be an addict. I needed to be a drunk. Like I needed that to shape me who I was. I needed to discover that side of my life to sober up and and really start working on myself. And I needed I needed all the bad to happen and, and I needed all the good to happen. And, and I needed to take the chances that I took, right? The thing about my life that 
looking back. And I've been doing this a lot lately. I've been like I, I was cracking jokes about therapy. Like I'm going to therapy a lot. I'm going. I'm doing a lot of AA and and and, 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 and working the program. And I'm on the phone with a lot of people. Not a lot of people, but a couple of core people. And we're figuring. All of us are sort of figuring ourselves out together. Mm-hmm. Um, But looking back, there's only a few things I do differently. And it's very few. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, you, you've had an experience. It's made you who you are. You, yeah. You certainly and, and, seem comfortable in your own skin. And uh, um, some days. Not, some days. You know, not all the time. Nobody's <laughs> ever really comfortable in their own skin. No, right? Um, uh, I... Uh, I wish that I no, I don't wish. I, I honestly, man, like I needed to go when I went. I needed to go on tour. I needed to write records. I needed to play shows. I needed to date who I was dating. I needed to be friends with who I was friends with. Um, I needed to lose the ones I love, and I needed to gain new people I love, and I needed. Mm-hmm. everything to happen you know everything fucking happens not necessarily for a good reason but for a reason mm-hmm. um and yeah a lot of these characters i'm writing about now are, are, are fake but they're they're shit that i've seen and shit that they're maybe fictitious but they're certainly sound like they're three-dimensional yeah And we could relate to them. So are we going to see something in the next year or so of what Um, you're working on? Or you're still trying to think about how you want to publish all this stuff? To be honest with you, yes. Um, I was supposed to make a record in like late March, early April. Um, We kind of put a nail in that coffin right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to play on Friday. I played last night and and I'm, I'm fucking hurting, to be honest with you. Um, I'm going to do the show on Friday and then I'm going to let it heal. Sure. Like actually let it heal. Like I got fucked up, you know, like, like I still, you know, I shouldn't be playing, but I, like, well, at least do. you'll learn your lesson about lifting 500 pound smokers up a flight of stairs. Yo, this is the thing I like was like, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and I heard my, my, my boss, my, my buddy Johnny, was shouting like, fuck, at the top of his lungs. And I'm seeing blood dripping down the stairs from the side. I'm like, <laughs> fuck, all right, I got to help. And then I got sure. cut, right? And then I'm shouting, and Johnny's like, what the fuck happened? And then I showed him my hand. He's like, go to the hospital. And yeah. he goes down with one hand and gets cut on the other hand. Yeah, fucking that's brutal. They, they, they're younger people that you should hire to do that. You the know. worst part about it is they ended up hiring a moving company to do it and one guy moved it on his own. Does he he's got that special strap, he lifts it up on his back. I've seen these one these little guys they walk in with a refrigerator on their back. I'd never know how to do that. It's fucking bonkers. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, there's gonna be a record. Honestly, there's gonna be two. Um Good. I was making a record in Los Angeles and writing with 
nuts and buds and that's like what better worse methamphetamines came out of and there's songs that we wrote together that i'm not going to finish without them mm-hmm. uh and then the plan is to do like a uh nashville record that's the la stuff is a little louder it's all full band um for the most part um um and uh i think the nashville stuff is going to be a lot more quieter um mm-hmm. I think we're going to play Nebraska rules. That's what we were talking about. Right. Nebraska was made on a four track recorder. And sure. one of those tracks was pretty much like a reverb bus. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to try and make a record with three microphones, whether it's an acoustic guitar, a piano and vocals or piano, vocal harmony, harmonica, piano, vocal, steel. Sure. Well, if any of your friends have a laptop and a microphone, what you can do now on a, uh, Mid price so, Macintosh is stunning to what you could do. That's 20 pretty years much ago. how we did Civil War. Civil yeah. War, nobody was in the same room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tracked the vocals on the guitar, and like Rocky from Mercy Union came down and sang one day, and Matt Benetti from Toy Cars, and, and um, God, what's the name of his other band? I'm drawing a blank. Um, he came and sang, and Chris Brown came and sang it on record, like. Uh, but all the steel was recorded somewhere else. The piano was recorded in one place. The organ was put, recorded sure. another place. Like you sit, you send each other these stems and then just line yeah. them up afterwards. Yeah, um, better worse was all. The only thing we tracked there was guitar and acoustic guitar, vocals and drums, and everything else, bass, guitar, piano. Um, everything got overdubbed. Like yeah, it's 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 an amazing time for that kind of technology. It's it's really cool. And granted, I really want to make a record with like my friends in a room. Um, but you know, it's just tough. You know, it's hard to get everybody in the same spot these days. Yeah, um, it's hard to get everybody in the right spot. It's hard to, you know. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just, it's a lot of work and, and I'm, I'm I want to do the work, but it's just like sometimes. Well, sending... Luckily, it, like if you go on to Spotify or your Bandcamp, you wouldn't know that you're not all in the same room. So no. you may not be in the same room, but you're certainly on the same page. Yeah. Everybody, the guys that I've been recording with and the guys that were in the band, we, we were all kind of in cahoots and, yeah. and we all kind of know you know, everybody's so fucking talented, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ali Hassan, Ali from South Presses, Pat Kelly down in Texas, um, Alex Brumel, who's in Jersey City, um, you know, Todd Farrell Jr., who's in Nashville, like Mitch and Will, and, 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 and we all kind of get it. Sure. Um, and uh and and but they're all just you know killer musicians they're Sounds just all great. sweethearts and 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 um you know John i wouldn't expect anything less from them if you're if you're friends with them sammy oh man i know a bunch of hood rats man like <laughs> um but uh uh yeah man it's just i've been really lucky my whole life to have really phenomenal and talented and supportive buds and well that's fantastic every record has been some of my favorite people and and 
granted the lineups change and we figure it out and, and whatever it's, but it's, it's, it's really cool. Sounds good. Well, I think uh, that's a good place for us to wrap up uh, the ska mom show. Yeah. Uh, April 16th. Just remind us who else is playing that night. Uh, Awful Waffle was doing a reunion, the Hubsy Stompers and Catbite. There it is. So we will see you. Uh, I know it's sold out, but uh, th- maybe there's ways to get tickets on the aftermarket. I know uh, I'm going to sneak in in uh, Sammy's microphone case so I could take some photos. Yeah. Uh, but Sammy K, it has been a thrill to get to chat with you for the, yeah. the better part of an hour and a half. I'm yeah. sure this wasn't the the, uh, the podcast you were expecting, but absolutely honest and stunning stuff, Sammy. So I, I truly appreciate that. I appreciate it.